0: Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know how to help you. Now, here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
1: Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Gary Stone. He is the founder of Share Wealth Systems and is the author of a new book called Blueprint to Wealth Powerful Time Tested Strategies to Grow Your Nest Egg. Welcome to the show, Gary.
2: It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on, Jordan.
1: So you're uh, talking to us from Australia. Give us a little bit of your background before we get into the book itself.
2: Well, my background. I've been uh, in this investing uh, caper now since I was 29, so it's coming up for 28 years. And uh, yeah, just I got hooked on it. Basically, I get hooked on a few things. One of them is is investing, and for a bunch of different reasons, I ended up going down the uh, getting intrigued by investing in the financial markets, and have been doing that. researching it, investing it, trading it, uh, and and running a business th- for it as well to help others do the same thing for that business has been going for 22 years now.
1: So is that a business where you're managing money for other people or you're teaching them how to manage their money?
2: No, we, so we don't manage any money. We're not licensed to do that, but it's effectively investing strategies to help people to to do it themselves and to set up their own their own, what we call investment plans, and to to set set up the investment goals, and then to actually provide tools and strategies for them to execute those in in the in the financial markets. And it is investing; it's not trading, so it's it's more what we would call active, you know, long-term investing.
1: So let's kind of take a broad look at people's experience in investing. We've had a a bull market here for almost nine years. Everybody thinks this is really easy; they're all making lots of money. Is your sense that investors are doing pretty well right now?
2: Uh, not as well as they probably should be, uh, in my view. Um, the and, and it's the age-old thing. I think. You know, I think majority, certainly the people that are that are that are always investing should be doing well, but I'll qualify that in a moment because I think most of them have been too diversified for for this bull market, and and were probably a bit stunned when we came out of two thousand and eight and nine. And hence they're probably way behind the eight ball. And, that, and that's, that's, what I, that's what I hear quite a lot when I, when I talk to people you know, in the United States and Australia and, and other countries as well. So I think people are, are probably not doing as well as they should do because of the, I guess, uh, just being a bit shy from what happened uh, in 2008 and also not trusting this this bull market. I think people are still, a lot of people are still on the sidelines um, and waiting for a big correction or been a lot of, commentators talking this down and saying, you know, it's five years, it's six years, it's seven years, it's eight years, it's nine years, it's going to fall, and it's just kept going.
1: So the big move today is into passive funds, index funds, because they're going to beat actively managed funds, and it's just the easy way to do it, and everybody's doing it, and tons, billions of dollars are going into passively uh, managed funds. Is that a good move, or is there a way of doing it better? It's definitely
2: a, a good move. It's it's a better move than than active um, mutual funds. There's there's no doubt about that. The research I've done and, and many others have done just to show that um, quite clearly. You know, the, uh, the SPIVA, the, this s S&P Dow Jones indices SPIVA report has shown that for some time now. Morningstar's got research out that shows that. There's lots of discussion about why that occurs. And, uh, and, and it's far better, in my view, than, than people... Investing their money and buying and holding a few active mutual funds and leaving it there for a long time, but there are better ways. There's no doubt about that. And and, and if we get time, we can talk about. Risk We're going to get into some of
1: the details. Yes, correct. Yeah. So you're what you're talking about is really an enhanced strategy using passive index funds, but enhancing that strategy beyond just putting your money in index funds and forgetting about it. Is
2: that right? Correct. Correct. And and putting together. Yeah, you know, a an investing approach that 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 can include both. You, you you don't want to just put it all into an index fund and leave it there because we can have, as in two thousand and eight, a fifty six percent retracement, and depending on when that occurs in your investing lifetime, it can have a huge effect on you. So, you, so as you get closer to retirement, you need to think about other ways of, of of handling that risk.
1: Now, you do have several chapters in your book called Blueprint Blueprint to Wealth about Actively managed funds. Now, Wall Street and the people who are running the fund companies were saying they're going to beat the indexes. That you just shouldn't settle for the average. They can pick stocks and do much, much better. What What is your argument back to them? And you talk about that some some detail in the book.
2: I, I do, and I think it's yeah. You know, people need to understand it because we've uh, for for decades, um, people have just handed their money over into into 401ks and employer sponsored. 401ks and other retirement uh, vehicles and even directly in their own names and, and, and companies that just believe that diversification across a number of different asset classes is the way to go and these professionals who I pay some fees to will be able to handle it and of course they've also the professionals have put the word out there that we can do it and we're good at it and we etc cetera, etc cetera. but uh, effectively all the research has shown quite and it's and this is not my my research only, although I've gone and re-researched it, it's it's and I've researched what others have researched is is that the longer the investment period goes, the greater the probability is that zero active managed funds will actually outperform the mainstream index uh, indices of the stock market. And now, when I say zero, it's it's a high probability. there's always going to be a few um, over a given period of time. but but for for anybody, an everyday investor or even a professional, to go and find an active mutual fund many years in advance that's going to beat the index is, is like trying to find a needle in a whole paddock of haystacks. It's, it's almost impossible.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, what the, the active management people would say is with so much money piling into passive funds, index funds these days, that they're kind of setting themselves up for a fall. All the money is going to the same stocks, S&P 500 stocks, mm those kind of things and they're they're getting stretched valuations not because of what's going on at the companies just because they're part of an index and therefore it's better to buy stocks that are not in the index where there's going to be more value and you can uh, find undiscovered gems and you kind of want to avoid being along with the crowd that's that's i guess what the active management people would say what do you say to that
2: well yeah. well it's 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 certainly there's some logic to that there's no doubt about it except you know what it's it's the active, the people who have been actively investing in the market the active fund managers have been doing this for decades and you know the proof isn't there yet but the, what they're saying is that the, the thing that's changing here is that there's more money going into index exchange traded funds and index mutual funds and therefore it's going to be more difficult To uh, for the for the index to continue to beat the the active because the active are going to find these, say these these up and comers stocks that are maybe in the S and P 400 or the S and P 600. Well, guess what? You can also invest in the S and P 400 uh, index ETF or the S and P 600 index ETF. Which you know over eighty six eighty seven years, those two indices have smashed the S and P 500. So as 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 an index investor, you don't have to go and put everything into the S and P 500. Uh, index ETF. You you got others there, and I'm um, I'm very much stick to mainstream index exchange traded funds or, or index mutual funds. That you know don't go into the the active ETFs, the ones which are effectively are active mutual funds, just masquerading as an ETF. But but so the opportunities are there for you to get into those stocks, and and that that's my favorite is the is, is the S&P 400 uh, index ETF, the up and comers, is the one that is, is where I spend where I put a lot of my money.
1: And then others would say hedge funds have collected $3 trillion, $4 trillion, just huge amounts, uh, because of big institutional investors like pension funds and so on are saying they've got to get more alpha. That's the word they always use. I've got to get, you know, just accepting the beta of index funds is not going to be able to meet my needs. So I've got to have an extra boost. And I don't care what the fees are, I'm going to make a lot more money with hedge funds. What, what's the argument there?
2: Well, the, the hedge funds are, you know, people who, who run the hedge funds, there are definitely track records of hedge fund managers outperforming the index. But over the last, you know, when you get a raving bull market, or we didn't know it a raving bull market, probably until we are about three or four or five years into it, is, is, that, is that they don't beat the market in times like this. So effectively, as an everyday investor, firstly, an everyday investor, uh, you know, There's mum and dad out there who's trying to get by. Very few of them have access to to hedge funds. So it's, it tends to be the higher end of town. It's people that uh, obviously high net worth earners, and they get access mainly through word of mouth and contacts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera to get into these. Now, those fees are high. You know, I've heard I know of, of, of hedge funds that have charged uh, 5% per annum and 40% of profits and, and have still made money for their investors. Those are very, very few and far between. But for the average mum and, and dad investor, with a little bit of, and we'll get into this risk management through employing their own pass, almost near passive timing, that they, they, they can do just as well by focusing on an index exchange traded fund with very little time and applying some skills that are not you're not having to get into lots of stocks or lots of different asset classes and keep on rebalancing and swapping and making this a massively complex task. You can just focus on a handful of index exchange traded funds and use some low effort timing. It's not, this is not in and out of the market every day. It's in and out of the market probably two or three times a year. And if you can protect yourself against that large, big, severe bear market that comes, and you know, we've had, we had two in the, in the, in, from 2000 to 2009, uh, and then there may be another 50% around the corner at some stage, but when it does, if you can be out of the market in cash for most of that time, as an individual, you can actually do just as well as a hedge fund and not pay all those massive fees.
1: What What are the pros and cons of doing an index mutual fund, like what Vanguard may offer, and a, an index exchange-traded fund, like the SPY, uh, both basically buying the same things, but are there pros and cons of one, for, one versus the other?
2: Well, the, they actually go into the same pool of money, uh, quite surprisingly, but the, the, the difference is that if if you actually go into, so take Vanguard as an example. Um, you know, going into their index mutual fund for the S&P 500 versus – and there you'd have to fill out some paperwork to go through a prospectus, or or you can actually get into the exact same pool of money via the stock exchange, via the ETF. Um, the only difference is fees. Surprisingly, if you go via the stock exchange and get into the ETF, you, your fees are lower. So it's – and of course, getting into the index mutual fund, there's institutional – um, path to get in where you've got a, a larger minimum amount you have to invest, and then there's the, the investor avenue. But but the, the, the least expensive way of getting access to a large index mutual fund is actually to go via the stock exchange and do it via an exchange-traded fund. So that's, that's the main difference. It's easier once you have an account set up, and the ongoing fees are lower.
1: Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Gary Stone. He is the founder of Share Wealth Systems, and his new book is called Blueprint to Wealth, Powerful Time-Tested Investing Strategies to Grow Your Nest Egg. And he does have a website related to the book, which is FixMyNestEgg.com. We'll be back after this.
4: Starting and running a business can be hard. Moving forward and keeping the excitement alive can be difficult to do. I'm Joe Hosman. If you are experiencing the struggles of opening or sustaining a business or even knowing you need a change in your life, you want to tune in to my show, Go For It. My guests and I will show you the steps needed to build something positive in your week. Listen every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. They say you can't change the weather, but we already have. And if we've changed it for the worse, let's change it for the better. Tune in to The Climate Opportunity, a two-hour special hosted by Beth Green and Dr. Grant Dean. Expert guests Professor Scott Denning, Chef Laura Steck, video journalist Peter Sinclair, and Kelsey Wirth of Women Out Front will share how we can improve our lives while improving our weather. Listen on Inside Out Radio, Tuesday, November 11th, starting at 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Presented by Inside Out Radio and Voice America.
0: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
1: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Gary Stone. He's the founder of Share Wealth Systems based in Melbourne, Australia. He's got a new book out called Blueprint to Wealth powerful time-tested investing strategies to grow your nest egg, and a website to find out more about him and his book is FixMyNestEgg.com. Welcome back to the show, Gary. Thanks for having me on, Jordan. So let's talk about nest eggs. So uh, how are people doing in America and around the world as far as putting enough aside to be able to have a comfortable retirement?
2: Well, not very well at all. This was when I did my research over the uh, two or three year period going into publishing the book. I spent a lot of time on uh, a fantastic website, uh, uh, ICI.org, Investment Company Institute.org in the United States, and a sister company, uh, EBRI, which is Employer Benefit uh, Research Institute. And the data they have, they've got a massive database, I think, of 25 million people, which is you know, a huge sample. And the information you get out of there that just shows the status of um, of where people's um, but the IRAs that they may have outside of the employer-sponsored 401ks, but but the, the employer-sponsored 401ks, and and you, know, you go through all the others, the solo 401ks, et cetera, et cetera, is that the conclusion I came to is that is that 80% of of Americans will not be able to have a comfortable and independent retirement which means that they're going to, um, well, they won't be comfortable, and, and secondly, they're going to have to rely on other government and or family to, to be able to, to get through their retirement, and there's a number of reasons for that.
1: So, is the a reason they're not saving enough, or they're not earning high enough returns, or what is the reason that 80% are not going to be able to have a comfortable retirement?
2: It, so, so the, the two main reasons are they're not saving enough, uh, they, they they're not they're not starting early enough and saving enough. That's that, that's that's the first one. And, and the second main reason, and that's related to earning, because um, it's effectively you got you got to have some spare money. To, and you got to because in the United States it's it's not mandatory to to invest for retirement. In other countries like Australia, it's mandatory. There's a nine nine and a half percent of everybody's salary in Australia has to go into a retirement fund. In in the United States, it's not every it's not compulsory, so not everybody does it. And you see discussions going on all the time. Uh, on forums and that, and and younger people are saying, why do I have to do this? And and you get the older guys who who, who are there who've gone through it and say, let me tell you, Sonny, you better put away for your retirement. Um, and and it's this it's this um, human thing that you know it's not it's not now that it's not tangible. And um, there's a fantastic saying that I'm sure people have heard of is is that you don't start digging your well when you are already thirsty. You got to you got to start long before and have the well in place by the time you get thirsty and and retirement is exactly that it's too far off so people don't do it so that's the first reason not saving enough the, the second one is um is that people it's not invested uh, in a in a in a well enough or good enough way to be able to grow and and people and, and I've been amazed since I've you know, written the book and been and had lots of interviews and and then spoken to people and even my wife's a teacher so I've I've had a uh, the standing thing every time I meet teachers, and particularly those that teach mathematics, is I ask them, you know, how do when when do children learn at school and even at university? And I know people that have come out with engineering degrees and statistics degrees, and they don't understand the power of compounding over time, uh, not only in their favour but against them. They're the tyranny of 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 the compounded cost that act against you. And and to put it into place an investing regime whereby you can minimize compounding against you, maximize compounding in your favor, come up with some simple strategies that over time will do the work for you. So it's Maybe not saving give a, enough. Give us a simple example.
1: Enough. Give us a simple example of why compounding and how it will work for you if it's positive compounding working for you, just to give people a sense of the power of compounding.
2: Well, the one I did, I did this example for my daughter to to convince her at the age of 26, 27 to um, to take her money out of the uh, out of the the company retirement fund and actually set up her own similar like an, to an IRA, and to and to just invest into an IRA and into an index ETF, and um, so she had about fifteen thousand dollars in in retirement which had been compulsory had to be put away, and the um, she was paying about 0.75% per annum in fees more than it, through her retirement regime that she had to go into. And she, she opted out of that and, and set up her own one. And th- the fees were cut by 0.75% per annum by her doing that. Now, that $15,000 uh, with the continued uh, contribution rate that she was and, and just putting on 2% per annum for inflation to, to increase her contributions – And uh, also the – and then that 0.75 for 40 years was going to end up being nearly $600,000 better off, assuming the same uh, rate of return between the two investment strategies. So, there was just purely fees was going to be nearly $600,000 over 40 years, 0.75%. So. There are there are people in the United States and the in the employer-sponsored 401ks that are paying maybe two two and a half percent more than what they could do with an alternate strategy. That is, that's that's potentially millions of dollars difference just through the the compounding costs acting against you.
1: So what you're saying is kind of sacrilegious, basically, that people should not participate in their company's 401ks because the fees are too high, and they should take the same money and, and invest in something outside. Now there are limits on how much you can put into a regular IRA or a Roth IRA. So you can't do the complete amount in that. But is that what you're saying basically is to, if you have a choice, don't do it in your 401k and do it in an IRA or Roth IRA? As,
2: as much as you can because you know, and the big thing against the IRA is, is the limit of the $5,500 a year in, in contributions. Now, if people are you – know, if, if that's as much as they can afford, then they would be far better off doing that. But at some stage, if they're going to hit that limit, there are other ways of doing it. Um, you know, if, if you and you can you can discuss this with your employers. Um some might be flexible, some may not, depending on the size of, of them, of of the actual company. But you know, there are people I know who have set our solo four oh one Ks and are you know moonlighting, getting some additional income out from from outside of, of and people are doing that. You know, many people work more than one job these days. And you know, something like a vehicle such as a solo four oh one K, which is a qualified retirement plan gives um, gives individuals huge flexibility with um, with saving for retirement where the limits can go as much as fifty six thousand dollars a year. So there there are ways around it.
1: You have to have independent income. If all your income is coming from one job, you can't do a solo 401k, correct? You have can't to have do. some kind of a outside business going to make that work.
2: Correct, you do. And and you would need to uh, you know, you'd need to have approval from your current employer, et cetera, et cetera. So contractors do this. Um, where they, they they can where they're working multiple jobs, um, so there are ways of doing it. I do know people that have done it, but it's a lot more difficult and it takes a lot of time and effort to think it through. And there's obviously, yeah, um, you have to set up a, a company structure to do it through, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there are ways of doing it. Of course, the other way is is, is with your solo, sorry, with your employer-sponsored uh, 401k, is is to talk to them about having some choice as to where you, um, as to how you invest as well.
1: You mean like having a self-directed option, which a lot of 401ks do? Are those tend to be lower fee than keeping it in the traditional funds inside a 401k?
2: Well, well, some don't even allow it. But if those those are do allow it, is, is what you want to do is you want to get out of the active mutual funds because now we're talking about the, the, the getting the benefit of the positive side of uh, of compounding, and and you want to get some of your money into into an index exchange traded fund where you can get out of some of the diversification because being diversified. You know, view 2030 40 being diversified for many decades uh, into to lower performing asset classes counts against you as well so we'll talk about the positive side of compounding in a moment as well but but to get that flexibility to be able to manage your own investments and get out of the the half as as much as possible the half the half fee paying environment and into also the higher growth environment
1: a lot of these 401k managers today are saying that they're putting pressure on the investment management companies and getting the fees way down from what they used to be. There's much more transparency about this. Is that movement uh, for real?
2: It, it it is, and it started. You look at the stats that come out of over time. Is, is that? And and again, this is this is the reporting's coming from these sources. So so you have to you know trust it to to do. But the the trend is definitely down. There's no doubt. But it's not huge amounts. It's come down from. The low, they're reporting the low one point something percents to the point uh, eight percents type of thing. But, but when you, and people should do this that are really interested, is they should go to the Department of Labor website and just search for, for, for 401k fees. And I don't know, I can't remember the number of pages the document is, but it's, it's multiple, multiple pages of all the kinds of fees that can be, that can be charged by employer-sponsored 401ks. And the, the exact number, but it's, it's, it's tens of different kinds of fees. And not, not all of these have to be disclosed. So whilst there are some that are disclosed and those that have to be disclosed, there's a whole bunch that are not disclosed. And, and we don't know. We, can't, we actually can't see those. The only way you find out is, is when you know, a few years later you look at your account and you go, gee, the, the market's done this and, and, I've, and I've done this. How did that happen? And, and the only way you can, you, know, you can actually reconcile is to say, well, some of this must be fees that I'm not seeing. And, and this would be
1: true even if you have index funds in the 401k, you're going to have not the actively managed fees. You're saying the other fees involve custodian fees and so on are still going to take away a lot from your return over time.
2: Correct. Absolutely. And, and the idea is to try and get is, is, is away from that as much as you possibly can.
1: And it's not something that most people are aware of because they're not... Actually paying it out of pocket in any way—it's kind of a hidden fee to some extent.
2: It, it's hidden, and and, uh, and and you don't know what it is, and and you know, some of the names of these fees, you know, people wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't even be able to understand them, let alone know what how much they are and and how much are coming out.
1: Very good. All right, we're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My uh, guest this hour is Gary Stone. <laughs> He's the founder of Share Wealth Systems based in Melbourne, Australia. Um, you can find out more about his book, which is called Blueprint to Wealth, at FixMyNestEgg.com. We'll be back after this.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice
5: do you realize that the root of your challenges lie within you it's time to find out more about coaching and how it can help both you and your business coaching for real with ronald graves will help you gain a deeper level of self-awareness to find the answers inside yourself our guests are business professionals just like you who agree to a coaching session on our radio program Tune into Coaching for Real, live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business.
4: Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines?
0: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
1: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Gary Stone. He's founder of Share Wealth Systems based in Melbourne, Australia. His book is called Blueprint to Wealth powerful time-tested investing strategies to grow your nest egg and his website is fixmynestegg.com welcome back to the show gary hey thank you jordan so what you're saying is that you can have financial freedom in 15 minutes a week that's quite a claim so tell me how one can have financial freedom in 15 minutes a week
2: well the the idea is um, is you were talking about alpha and or beta as well, so beta effectively is is the market so getting the market return alpha is beating the market doing better than the market and the the way that that active mutual funds try to do that is is through using their their and their knowledge and their research and everything is to is to go and find asset classes and 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 individual stocks say within the asset class of the stock market that could do better than the index and therefore Get alpha, and the the idea that um, and for, for an individual to do that, it just takes a huge amount of education, time, resource, uh, all sorts of things. But with these fantastic entities uh, or instruments called index exchange traded funds, index ETFs, you can actually um, invest in a basket of stocks, get diversification in an individual uh, asset class, the stock market, and rather than and to get that alpha rather than being active and rebalancing between different, different individual stocks within the asset classes, you can actually just use the index itself to, to do your, your timing, your rebalancing, if you like. And that, that means that an individual now doesn't have to you know, have a massive, wide view of, of, uh, of research and stocks and, and different asset classes to look at. You focus on one or two or three or four or five different index exchange-traded funds. They're mainstream. They're highly liquid. Um and you can just use that single one to um to actually get your alpha. And the and the main the main thing to do here yeah, is to is to ensure that you miss most of the big down periods in the market. And if you can do that, um just two or three yeah, you know, whenever they happen, but but just on two or three occasions during the year or four might be four or five depending on the year, is that you just cut out of that index ETF at a very low cost, and we can talk about costs in a
1: moment. And stay away from
2: the downturns.
1: So that sounds easy. You say that t- we've talked about ETFs and all that, mm, but yep. timing is a big part of, of your strategy. So how does the person who's not going to be spending a lot of time with this get out before the downturns and then get back in before it turns up again? Okay.
2: Well, here, here's the thing. Firstly, you don't, get, you don't get out before the downturn. You get out, you get, uh, out after a downturn. And you know, one of the things that, that would be obvious to, to – well, maybe not as obvious as it should be – is you know, that every big bear market starts out by being a small bear market. And what we don't know is whether the small one's going to turn into a big one or not. And, and what psychologically you have to do is set yourself up to say, if, if it's going to – if the criteria reach this particular uh, – and these criteria are predetermined, uh, reach a certain set of an, uh, an environment or the criteria click in, I'm going to uh, just cut out of this – as if this could be a large bear market. And if it turns around and goes up again, then uh, these criteria, when these are met, I'm going to get in again. And, if and you, so if it's you all that, in
1: and all out. It's not it, in pieces. It's in it or out. Can't,
2: correct. And, and it, it can and can't be. It just depends on how much uh, active people want to get. But certainly the, um, the idea of, um, of just focusing on one single liquid uh, basket of of stocks being an index exchange traded fund, whether it's S&P 500, S&P 400, uh, and there are a number of ETS people can choose from. These are highly liquid instruments. You, you would you would just cut out and cut in. Now what you can do, and you're going to get too complex yet, but you know, we I, I've been talking for for a long time about using what we call the core satellite approach to investing. Where effectively you have a core portfolio and you can have a satellite of you know, one or two or three satellite portfolios, which effectively are strategies. And those strategies can be uh, as passive or as active as you would like them to be to, to fit into your lifestyle and how much, how much capital you have and how you want to break down your capital. But essentially, the, at the core of it, what you're doing is, is you're avoiding a large bear market, and you're doing that by allowing the market to tell you what to do rather than you trying to preempt it or pre-guess it and worry about any variables that might say, oh, because this variable is going to happen and everybody's talking about this, I'm going to get out now before it falls down. We, we're not into predicting that. We are allowing the market to fall a little bit to, to get to a certain amount of wherever it falls to. And when those criteria kick in, we don't ask any questions. We just get out. And you do right, that so on let's, average times. Let's, two and let's and a half get the details done of
1: yeah, exactly yeah. how you do that. Uh, you're you're tracking your indexes. How much does it have to fall from what level for you to get that sell signal and to sell everything out? Okay, well, it's it's
2: not based on percentages. It's based on on volatility. So uh-huh. effect so effectively depends on how volatile the market has been leading into when it starts falling. So if, if you take at the moment, the volatility is very low um, on both on the on the Dow Jones, the S and P 500, and and the Nasdaq. And you can just tell that by looking you know, at at the range of the day, and a trained eye would be able to see this. But effectively, as the as the, the market's rising and rising, as the volatility decreases, the amount that it has to fall to be able to, to cut out gets closer and closer to the current price action where it is. Whereas if the market's rising and and it's and it's got wide ranges then the, the amount that it would fall would actually be a bit more in percentage terms because it's giving the market has to have a bit more room to move before it says, hang on, it's all bets are off here. This has fallen through this volatility level and we'll get out. And that's that's just done based on research. I've been doing this research for years, but I'm not the only one. There's there's thousands of people out there that, that have done similar research and, and come up with their own criteria.
1: I mean, what people look for for volatility is the so-called VIX index, which is a kind of a number showing the amount of volatility. As you say, it's very low right now. Is that something people could look at? And when the VIX goes up, that's their sell point?
2: No, the VIX is too volatile to use for, for this sort of uh, this sort of thing. But The VIX is certainly a broad indication. Um, it's, it's, it's an indicator of, of, of volatility across the S&P 500. But the volatility I'm talking about here is, is the volatility in the individual movement of a particular index or index exchange-traded fund. And that can be used for, for stocks. So we use this on large cap stocks as well. And uh, the idea is that it's adaptive. So it's adaptive to the current volatility of what's happening. And uh, and, and then you allow that. The idea is to, is to try and stay in as much as you possibly can without cutting in and cutting out. But you, but you don't want to be in there for, uh, for, for the big fall. And if you go back and look at all the big falls over the, hundred, the last 100 years, you know, there's not a single one that, that's fallen yeah, you know, ten, twenty, thirty, forty percent straight from the top. There, there are warning signals that the price turns over. That variables get out there that people get to know. Selling pressure starts. The selling pressure doesn't happen instantly in a day. It builds up over over a period of, of of weeks. And and those typically, or typically every time, is is gives us an indication to get out. And 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 we get out before the big falls happen. If you look in 2008, the big fall happened you know, in October whereas the market started turning over you know, in, 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 uh, in October, November, the year before, and all those signs and signals were there. Um, and the, really, you know, when you, the real time to have cut out in 2008 would have been about March, April, which was months before we had the big Lehman fall over and the big bad month in, in October of 2008. So the signals, the signs all there, the price action tells us this.
1: So is this something that you are putting out as part of your service? Is you're putting out signs saying it's becoming volatile sell, or stay in? Is this part of what shared wealth systems is about?
2: Correct. So, so we, we don't actually we don't put out notices. We, we provide people with the software and the por- portfolio tracker software and, and the strategies and the rules of the strategies because all of this is, is what we call non discretionary. So the idea is not to sit there and have a debate with yourself about whether it's time to cut out or, or not. The, the, the alert, the signal will show clearly. On, on a chart of the of the S and P 500 ETF or the S and P 400 ETF or large large cap stock, and it would it's it's what we call mechanical rules based non non discretionary, and those criteria have all been researched and and made made publicly and publicly available to to the people that use our services, and they are fully aware of how this works, why it works, and and what to do when it occurs.
1: So where do we stand today? With the markets hitting one high after another, are there any signs that volatility is rising, and you're worried about a, a drop at this point? No, <laughs> uh,
2: it, it's it's absolutely amazing. The, the The concern more is is that is that when uh, your markets will roll over from from a high um, from a high volatility sorry a low a low volatility environment. So, I'm looking at the S&P 500 uh, right now, and it's um, the um the volatility isn't isn't well it's low but but the, the bars are, are pretty narrow and and this is quite a long way from 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 an exit here there's about um, there's about eighty points um, from below here which we, we will allow the s p 500 to fall eighty points before we would uh, we would get out right now so it's, so we, it's still got plenty of room
1: so what, what happens if there's some exogenous event out of the blue like we bombed North Korea or the uh, what happened with the, uh, the foreign uh, currency crisis in 1998 in, in Asia or yeah. an oil embargo or a hurricane or, uh, you know, Brexit. I mean, things that kind of come out of the blue. Black swans, people call them sometimes. Yep. yep. How can you p- kind of put that in and, and you, you everything looked fine until it doesn't look fine? How, how do you deal with that? Correct. So, so, so that happens. And, and you know, we've lived
2: through that. Uh, you know, I lived through doing this and... In 9/11, uh, lived through, right. through the. Right, that's another uh, good example. Yes, <laughs> it is. And and what happened was uh, certainly a triggered exits, and 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 you just uh, you you just e- you exit, and and you wait to get back in again. You know, and the in 2001, for example, uh, the market made a new high within four months, um, and we got triggers on the way back up to get in again, and and we got in and and executed, and, and our portfolios continued up. Um, you know, even despite the market, I think being closed for for four days then. Um so so these are gonna happen and and it's part of the environment. I mean we, we, we're investing in, in a probabilistic environment. We're not we're not investing in a dead cert environment here. And uh, you yeah, we've got to take the uh, the, the slush balls from, from left field are gonna come and, and we're not ever going to be able to predict these in advance. So so this probabilistic environment we have is made up of millions of different variables. And and we we can only control you know, a handful of variables we can only control you know what we buy when we buy it and how much we buy and then how much we sell and that's all we can control and we've got to put a regime and a process in place that allows us to execute that in a way that doesn't you know, ruin doesn't consume us and, and and take over our lives but also the challenge is that we get sufficient uh, returns and reduce our costs over a period of time that gets us to a point in our lives where we can have an independent and comfortable retirement and do the things that we want to do. And and you can't leave the financial markets out because we might have you know, a couple of slush balls that come in that we don't foresee. They're going to be part of the game. It's going to the the example I give is that you, you can't play football um, by being a spectator. You, you, if you want to kick goals you have to and and, you know, and score touchdowns, you have to be prepared to get tackled.
1: Indeed. Very good. All right we're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answers Show. My guest this hour is Gary Stone. Uh, he is in Melbourne, Australia, and he's the founder of Share Wealth Systems. His book is called Blueprint to Wealth, and you can find out more at his website, which is FixMyNestEgg.com. We'll be back after this.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice
5: do you realize that the root of your challenges lie within you it's time to find out more about coaching and how it can help both you and your business coaching for real with ronald graves will help you gain a deeper level of self-awareness to find the answers inside yourself our guests are business professionals just like you who agree to a coaching session on our radio program Tune into Coaching for Real, live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business.
4: Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines?
0: You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Now
1: back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Gary Stone, founder of Share Wealth Systems based in Melbourne, Australia. His book is called Blueprint to Wealth, and his website is called FixMyNestEgg.com. Welcome back to the show, uh, Gary.
2: Thank you, Jordan.
1: So there's something you want to talk about called sequence of returns risk. Tell me what that's about.
2: To me, Jordan, this is one of the biggest uh, risks that people need to get their mind around. And the earlier you get your mind around this in your investing life, the better. But it's so little written about and spoken about and known of. And that is, is, is that there are going to be uh, large declines in the stock market. Uh, they're going to happen from time to time. And we don't know when they're going to happen. But the, the investing fraternity um, protect, put all the regimes in place to protect against these big bear markets. Now, they, and they kind of have a one-size-fits-all. But what sequence of returns risk tells us is that when a large bear market occurs in our individual investing lifetime, is very, very important. Now, just to get our mind around that is for somebody who's 20, 30, or probably in the early 40s, it doesn't matter if the market falls by 50% because an index can't go to zero. The stock market can't go to zero. Well, it could. There's no such thing as a probability of of one or zero, but for that to happen, well, goodbye capitalism effectively and we're all in the same boat. But, um, but putting that aside, assume that the stock market can't go to zero or it's almost impossible to. So for somebody who's young, who, who has time to, to, for their investments to recover from a large stock market, fall. It doesn't make any sense to diversify into lesser performing asset classes that strip huge amounts. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe even millions of dollars out of their retirement fund over the long term. However, for somebody who is closer to retirement, um, and, and I think of, I'm sure people who are listening would uh, would remember 2008 when the stock market fell. And if they were in a few years, or even within, were even in retirement, that 50% fall has a massive effect on them because the time to be able to recover their money, to be able to recover, is is is, is small. Now, um, and and a short period of time. A stat that people should bear in mind is is that the average time for, with dividends reinvested, for the stock market to recover over about 120 years is about 5 years and when i say recover that's to make a new a new high from where they were from where the market was before it fell so so this idea of sequence of returns risk is that is that the earlier the later that, that a, a a large fall happens in the stock market the bigger effect it's going to have on you and regardless of where or how you invest whether, you, whether you're involved in it or not if the stock market falls your investments are going to get affected period, everybody will get
1: affected. So are you saying that people should invest differently if they've got, for example, 10 years or less to retirement versus 10 years or more?
2: Correct. Uh, And and in my view is that if if you've got 10 years or more, you should not diversify at all. You should just put it all in the stock market and put it into, and and this is where the power of of an index exchange traded fund uh, comes to the fore. Is that, is that if you invest in individual stocks, individual stocks can, can stay low or, or go to zero. You know, Lehman's went to zero. Uh, Bank of America is still, I think, uh, down 60%. Uh, you know, Morgan Stanley's still down 30%. Um, you've got these large organizations, you know, Citigroup, I think, is, is down even more than that. I think it's still down 75% from its high. Um, so you can have, dec- even though in this raging bull market, these, these large, massive cap stocks that, that are still way down from what from where they were. But if you invest in an index exchange traded fund, you know that diversification you get across all the stocks in the index. You're not getting into individual stock picking, and and it does recover. The index recovers, and that's because the laggards fall out and will fall down and get less weighting, and and the ones that do well get get to the top. So so the idea is is that you you don't diversify into other asset classes, you know, for for the first 20 30 years of your investing career, and just allow the stock market to give you the best returns. Uh, In an environment that can't go to zero, has low fees, and gets that compounding happening in your favor.
1: So everybody in Wall Street talks about uh, diversification. You want to have international, you want to have bonds, you want to have cash, you want to have commodities, you want to have gold. You never know what's going to do well, so you have to have a little bit of each of them. What's wrong with that philosophy?
2: Well, well, it's not. I mean, it's 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 great for the industry, isn't it? Um, and you know, people love choice, and everybody wants to get do a little bit better here, a little bit better there. But effectively, the big picture is 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 that if, if somebody over an investing lifetime can uh, can can achieve what the stock market does over 40 years, um, they are going to have a comfortable and independent retirement. And if you can, over a period of you know, 10, 15, 20 years, just get an extra one or two or three percent through missing the big bear markets, reducing your fees, that compounding over that period of time is also hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe even millions of dollars, just so you don't need to be smashing the market. What you want to do is make sure you don't underperform it, and and, and if if possible, just by applying a little bit of analysis and a couple of strategies and learning, getting a bit of education – by, by just getting 1% or 2 or 3% better, you will do so well. And you don't need to be chasing all these other things that are put out there by, by the industry and get you know, pulled from pillar to post and get confused about, about you know, what you should or shouldn't do. Get a strategy, get consistent with it, get objective with it, and just stick to it and let it just take no longer than 15 minutes a week of your life.
1: So what you're talking about is very rational and understandable, but it <laughs> seems to leave out the emotional part. And when the market's soaring like it is right now, people want to get in and it's like really exciting and they want to be part of the party. And when things are crashing like 2008, they think the world's coming to an end and they want to get out and go into cash. How do you deal with the emotional ups and downs of this market with your strategy?
2: Well, Jordan, this, it is an emotional game. It's it's a game of psychology. There's no doubt about it. And the more active you become in it, the the, the higher the degree of psychology required to be able to be successful at this yeah um i've I've developed intraday trading strategies um, trading highly leveraged uh, instruments. Um, and I've also uh, designed medium-term strategies as well, where you're in and out every sort of six to eight weeks on average. the The strategy I'm talking about here is one where you're in and out on average in a particular stock or ETF on average every two and a half years. So the the way you overcome the emotion is is that you've you've got to have a process that you put in place. So this is all about having an investment plan and then having an investing process. And that investment process, having been researched to a degree that, you are, that you're comfortable with, and having, and taking the discretion out of the equation. The, the challenge here is to control our emotions and to get self-control and self-discipline. And, and for somebody to come along, and it's not just an, investing in the stock market, it could be anything, whether it's a um, keen golfer, whether it's golfing or, or running or whatever it might be, is, 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 is you, are, you are playing yourself. And you've got to beat yourself. And the way you've got to beat yourself is you've got to become consistent and objective. And the way you become consistent and objective is you have a set of non-discretionary, mechanical, rules-based processes or process that you follow. And you outsource your thinking to that. And you don't question it. You just execute it.
1: We have about a minute to go. Just kind of summarize the difference it'll make in people's lives and how they're able to finance their retirement using your system compared to what's going on for most people today.
2: Well, the, the the thing that the, 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 what I try and do and help people to do is obviously everything we've just dis- discussed here is try and help them to understand that's the why and, and and the what and and then the how. But but what I try and do is is help people to do this effectively in fifteen minutes of their life and to solve this this problem, um, so that they can achieve the, their financial goals. Financial goals are obviously part of our life goals, and and, and where this fits in, people have got to understand it rather than just outsource it and hand it over to you know blindly to to somebody else. So that's what I try and do. I try and help people. We provide them with the tools, provide them with the processes, we provide them with the research, and then and the support to be able to 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 continue executing this. So we provide stock market data, the software, and and the environment in which they can execute this themselves.
1: Well, very good. I think a lot of people will get the idea. It's maybe not as hard as they thought if they have a system behind it as you've described here. So thanks so much, Gary, uh, for being on the Money Answer Show.
2: It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on, Jordan.
1: My guest has been Gary Stone, founder of Share Wealth Systems, based in Melbourne, Australia. His book is called Blueprint to Wealth, and his website, you can find out more about what we've been talking about, is fixmynestegg.com. Thanks again for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Gary. It's a pleasure, Jordan. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now.